Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome one and all, weaves and casuals alike. We are Baca and Company. We are here to provide you a deep dive into all your favorite anime shows and movies. We'll talk about both new and old anime and everything in between. If you have suggestions, please send them our way, either by giving us a tweet at Baca and Co. Podcast or by sending us an email at BacaCoPodcast at gmail.com. This week, we'll be watching a series. Uh, that series is going to be called Beyond the Boundary or Kyokai no Kanata. Uh, we watched the full season and most of us watched the movies. Uh, this 12-episode uh, uh, show and then uh, we moved into uh, the movies afterwards. I, unfortunately, only watched a summary and not the actual movie. So that is me, Drew Tendo, um, and that's uh, un- my unfortunate circumstances for this week's show. Uh, and then next we have Frank Furter. Hello. Frank, did you uh, happen to watch the right movie? Yeah, so I watched the entire TV show, and then I watched the future movie because, you know, past is the TV show, what's happened in the past, and then future, what's going on in the future. And then next we have Element. Hey, yes, I also did the same thing, watched the 12-episode show, and then I watched the future movie. I didn't watch any of the other specials, though. Okay. Uh, Yeah, I didn't watch the other specials. I just found out about them today. Uh, and then finally, we have Silver Lobo Sensei here again. And I did not watch the movies. I watched them like earlier this year. I'm not going to watch them again. I don't need that. I don't need that heartbreak. I don't need that sadness. I don't need that joy. Great movie, though. I remember it. So You don't need for... that happiness? Come on. <laughs> wrong with you? So did everyone watch subs or dubs? Subbed, I, baby. I watched Wait. dub this time. I watched dub. 
first time. They had dubs for the show? Yeah, there's, I didn't think there would be a dub for the show. Oh, I didn't know that. I, yeah, I watched subs. Yeah, I watched subs as well, because that's how I originally watched it back in the day, and then hearing those same voices again was, was really nice. So a lot of the key points we're going we're gonna to touch on, obviously, uh, the animation, which was done by KyoAni, uh, the plot and or subplots, um, Juice Box Man, and confusing, confusing flashbacks. Uh, what I personally uh, want to start off with is Kyoto Animation is my absolute favorite studio. Same. I don't, yes. I don't care what anyone says about anything. They pretty much developed my anime tastes. Uh, just as a quick overview for them. The first show I actually watched from them was Full Metal Panic, Fumofu. Uh, I unfortunately watched Air. Uh, I've watched Full Metal Panic Second Raid, Lucky Star, K-On, all of its seasons and movies. Uh, Such Beyond a good the show. You know? <laughs> K-On, like, let's just watch it every year, you know? Let's just do Funny that. Funny enough, I almost put Full Metal Panic as my old show for my recommendation this week, and I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that because there's too many seasons, but I almost put it there. Uh, I would I would be down for that. I'd watch maybe the first season or Fumofu. What's Full Metal I, Panic I, about? I've seen uh, babysitting oh, baby it's... babysitting a girl uh, with mechs. It's yeah. the guy from Amagi Brilliant Park, the mascot guy. That's where he's from. Yep. Huh. He was really funny in that show. That, um, that first season did not age well, though. I I just watched <laughs> it maybe last year or two years ago, and uh, to me, it's an it it's 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 an old show. And just some of the other stuff Kyo Annie's uh, famous for is we have Free, uh, Love Chinobu, and other delusions. Another and, good one. Uh, Violet yeah. Evergarden. I've Violet Evergarden. Yeah, I've to watch that. That's so great. I'll probably watch that. It's sure. gorgeous. Like, I've never seen a more beautiful piece of art in of an anime, ever. <laughs> Violet yeah. Evergarden is by far one of my favorites in regards to art. It's so good. Break your goddamn heart, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love those shows, like the shows that hit you right in the feels. So, uh, uh, the quick little uh, plot summary here we're going to do for Beyond the Boundary. Uh, it's set in a world where creatures from the spirit world called Yomu uh, roam around the human world, and we have a group of people that uh, go after them. So the dub I wa- or subs I watched was pretty old, so they just called them exterminators. They're called um, spirit world warriors, I think. Yep. That's the official translation. Yeah, yeah, and the, pre- and the proper ones. So, um, and then we, we go into our main characters here as well. Uh, so we have Akihito Kanabara, who's our main yellow-haired protagonist. You can tell which one he is because he has the brightest hair of the group. Uh, then we move down to Mirai Kuriyama, who is our pink-haired bespectacled beauty. Uh, then we have Mits- Mitsuki Nase. Uh, that's our literacy cl- literary club president. Uh, her wonderful brother, Hiromi. Uh, and then some other characters to follow. Um, some of the interesting facts uh, that I found out uh, just by goofing around is that the opening song is sun- sung by uh, Mitsuki Nase's voice actress. So huh. her name is, excuse me here, uh, Minori Chihara. She's uh, 39 years old now, but uh, back in the two- early to- or 2000s, she was a lot younger. Uh, but she does uh, a lot of singing. She's actually in the Idol Master as well, so she's it's a whole musical show. 
She's uh, most famous for actually Yuki Nagato in The Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya. Another fucking awesome show. Yeah, Yeah, but we won't talk about the second season and the seven episodes of Hell. Um, (laughs) Oh, I'll talk about it. Let's get into that, you know? No, no. Come on. uh, No. Uh, But for our main character here, Akihito, uh, his uh, voice actor is just simply Ken or Kenichiro Ahashi. Uh, he's been very prominent in the voice acting industry over in Japan for quite some time. Uh, some of the stuff you may have recognized him from is Macross Delta. Uh, he's also in Twin Star Exorcists as Yamamoto. Or, sorry, Yamato. Uh, he's in Black Colt Clover. Wow, can't say words today. As uh, Vermilion Leopold. And no. more recently this year, he is in My Hero Academia Season 4 as a Toya Setsuno. No, no. Okay. So he's nope. uh maybe maybe he's not that famous. <laughs> I mean, I, I recognize Black Clover. Show. So I was going to well, say both in... Black Clover and uh Twin Star Exorcist. I think I got about 20 to 30 episodes into both of those and I was just like, "Nah, I'm good. This this so, is fine." I wanted to do more of Black Clover. Uh I started watching the dust so I can have something on in it the was background, awesome, and... wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's always Asta. You have to get used to it. You just have to plow through it. It was. Get, I think he stops it, yelling. You know, it it wasn't yeah. his voice and the yelling that got to me. It was just everything else. I don't know. It just. It, I was just like, yeah. There's fight scenes and everything else. I've but never like, heard that reasoning. Jesus. <laughs> it just. It's always been like, man. Me. Asta's so annoying and well, loud. First like, I ever heard, like, thing. no, Asta was fine. I'm like, it's what? like everybody, every like we we as the audience know that he can like cut magic like in half and like diffuse magic for all intents and purposes for a word I cannot think of. But like, he just. It's it's like the audience knows that and then it's just like, okay, well, the fucking get to the point of where we can talk about this shit and what is this whole demon thing, but like we're gonna spend forty episodes talking about nothing related to any of that. I don't know. It's just to me it I've it it didn't hit the notes that I wanted it to hit. I feel you on that. Yeah, well like, it's it, it's I, it's like it's not like a my hero Gadimer where there's like a storyline and they're trying to make sure that they fit into it with as little filler as possible it's like naruto and one piece they're gonna get past to it and then they're gonna be like all right let's put some funny filler stuff in here and see what happens yeah isn't black clever just a weekly show it's not it's, like a season it's a, one. It, the only time it's ever taken a break was i think towards when the elf stuffs are becoming more prominent but that was like maybe two three weeks and then now with the uh covid they took a a few week break and they just came back i think or yeah, three weeks ago. So, yeah, any show like that's just gonna be. Uh, if you're looking for depth central. in that, you're gonna have to wait until the very end, and you have to go sit through a lot of stuff that you're not gonna like. You're gonna have to wait for one of those fan projects that cut the show down to an actual palatable length. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, next on our list is uh, Mirai. Uh, or, yeah, Mirai. Uh, <laughs> her voice actress is Risa. Legend. Absolute legend. Some of her big shows that she's been in, obviously Beyond the Boundary is, is personally my favorite that she's she's been in. Uh, she's in High School DxD. Uh, she's in Ryukyu Boo. She's in Tokyo Ravens, Log Horizon. Uh, Release the Spice. She's in Gate as Rory Mercury. 
Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Oh dang. Oh okay. yeah. Let's go. Yeah, Let's watch Game. In, uh, she's in No Game, No Life as well. Yep. Uh, Ray Satana does like a really uh, one of the really like well-known actresses. Yeah, she's she's one of the more robust ones to fill out this this role. Now, um, moving over to our opening song singer uh, Mitsuki uh, Minori Chihara is her voice, and like I said, she's an idol master. Uh, she's got a fair amount of credits to her name like she's in ikitosen dragon destiny back in 2007 uh if you look as well like you know, some of the more uh recent stuff oh she's, she's in hyoka yep interesting yeah, she's in hyoka she's in no Rail idea wars of all shows uh she's not in too much right now uh from shoot hey she's in violet evergarden oh, as oh. Eric as erica Oh, she's oh. Cammy in my hero. Oh, that's, cool. that's why it sounds familiar. Cammy. Cammy's my favorite side character in that show, just because she's like she's been brought back now as an actual character, and she's yep. not someone else. Shall we say? We should avoid future spoilers, but it is what it is. Um, and then we move over to Hiromi. Uh, he is Tatsuhisa Suzuki. He's actually. A vocalist in a rock band as well so it's kind of huh. unique how he's uh also a, a very well-to-do um vocalist and also in this show uh he's in baka and test as yuji he's in black 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 butler as viscount druid um just throwing he's it in... out there randomly he is another digimon character oh, he's joy. in bakugan dude Classic. Let's he's go. He's in Beyblade. He's also in Beyblade. Let in... rip. <laughs> so, what's he's... the name of his band? Is, do you, Do you know that? Uh, his rock band. Let me click here. Is not on his Wikipedia page. Okay. It just says he's I... J-pop and he does vocals. He is, however, like a... married to Lisa. Um, she's. Oh, okay. she's amazing. God. Yes. I mean, the singer, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh man. I do want to go Champ. back and say that Baka and Test, fantastic show, and I probably should change oh, that for our old show of the week. Oh, well, leave, your, leave yours. I'll put mine as that. But... It's in the spreadsheet. Yeah, that's fine. Don't just take a look at the spreadsheet. It's in there. You're good. Apparently he's <laughs> oh, perfect. He's Bon in well, uh, well, Seven Deadly Sins, but I don't remember what character that was. Bon? Yeah. Yeah, that's the uh, the guy that can't that can't die, and he's uh, he has like the the, the white hair. He has red. like the Jumpsuit? White hair, red jumpsuit. Yeah, okay. That yeah, episode when they friend. free him from prison is by far the best fucking thing I've ever seen in my life, and <laughs> that is the as far as I went because like I read the 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 manga through the Crunchyroll app. I'm like, this is awesome. I watched the show. I'm like, I don't like the show that much though, and I just watched that scene. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm done. Glad you see. <laughs> best scene. Yeah. yeah. So uh, from there, I just want to touch on some of the the minor characters as well. So we have uh, Shizuki Niomiya, uh, Yayoi, we have Izumi Nase, who's the older sister that is the stereotypical older sister of every anime, cooler in every aspect, whether we talk about powers, fighting prowess, or, or just story. Um, and then we have just kind of, we have Ai Shindo, who's very cute, and her, her boss lady, Ayaka. Um, I really enjoyed that those two characters i really love those characters only because like the show like this could have been a lot bigger of a show like it is based on a light novel 
Mm. But if we, even if we were to make this like the weekly anime show or, or even stretch it out to 24 episodes, you could just have part-time work with those characters and you could have like the main characters coming in and being like, Hey, uh, do you have a job for me? And they're like, oh, yeah, sure. And they give them, like, a job to go clean a house. Then they think they're going to go exterminate <laughs> demons and whatnot. But, no, it's actually cleaning for another oh, for yeah. another demon family. Like, goofy things like that. Uh, but the main overall plot uh, that we'll get into here is Akihito is a high school student. Uh, he's got part demon uh, lineage in him. We find out that he is exactly half and half. Uh, he's got a peculiar ability to regenerate. So... We find out early on that our bespectacled beauty is trying to kill him. Um, they fatefully meet uh, where he believes she is going to jump off a roof of the school. And he confesses his love for women in glasses and it stops her cold. And uh, that's kind I of mean, where they're... <laughs> we can all respect that, right? I mean... Well, she oh, yeah. is a really cute character. Women in glasses is hot. Let's be real here. <laughs> Look, he had to think on his feet. Bold. Seemed to pay it off. Let's see how it goes, Cotton. Um, <laughs> so um, she gets a little mad that he did this, and she stabs him how right unpleasant. through the heart. So and then we uh, kind of go forward in time. He takes we, it pretty well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we kind of go forward, and uh, we find Mitsuki is preparing an anthology in the literary club, <laughs> and Mirai kind of busts in. And she's kind of been stalking Akihito all week and trying to kill him. Later on, we'll actually see the flashbacks of all of those attempts. But um, she's just kind of goofy and she's kind of this, like, my first impression of her was that she wasn't trained at all and that maybe she just kind of happened by these powers. Because you don't, in this first episode, we don't get any backstory on anything yet. So it seems like she is, she's like the new recruit. And she's just, like, trying to kill him for some reason. And I just couldn't put it together that he was, like, half and half or whatever his special ability was. So I found that really cute. Like, that's the meat cute. It's like, oh, how did your parents meet? Well, uh, my mom tried to kill my dad for a solid week. Yeah. I, thought... I mean, that that's everybody's parents, right? That's uh, fair. No? I mean, my mom's Maybe. still trying to kill my dad to work, you know? Fits. Yeah. No. I, I, I think know. like I might be the Canadian in me, but no. Just you're pretty nice. weird. It's okay. Um, no, you're weird. <laughs> this like if we're talking about like favorite episodes, like obviously there's the idol one, which you know literally any time this show's talked about, it's got a gif of that that episode of them dancing yeah. as the idol costume. Like that's what the show is known for. Um, I think apart from that, the first episode might actually be my favorite because. This is like what the strength of... I think every KyoAni show is like this and probably why I love them so much. But um, the way the character interactions are done, not just in the writing, but in the animation as well, like giving them all these little things that like any other studio wouldn't do, but KyoAni does because that's just what they do. Like mm -hmm. little characteristic things and how they introduce the characters and how they interact with each other. It's all this stuff that just makes you fall in love with them. Um, and like immediately they're... Um, I don't know. You're like pre predisposed to 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 enjoy watching them on screen because they're so fun to watch. Um, and like you know, regardless of wherever the plot goes in the show and like whatever like weird flashbacks happen, whenever the mm -hmm. characters are interacting with each other, it's like just fun to watch. And that's probably the highlight I took from the show. Like, 
a lot of slice of life shows i i can't connect with a lot of the characters so because the high school the high school experience in japan is a lot different than than anywhere else but i felt with this one with mirai being like broke all the time and her like her like losing her mind over getting an extra ten dollars on on her paycheck or her being able to upgrade like her her plain udon to be udon with meat was but also for the one... fact that she just like she goes to the cheapest restaurants after school like an all you can eat udon like she has a schedule of like when all these places have all these sales is just too funny the sale yeah. with the soba and it's just coming down the bamboo shoot. I'm like, all right, yes, sure, yeah, yeah. Let's and go she's with like it. speed racer with it. She's like, all these other guys are waiting, and she's just like snatching it out of the air. Uh, that's what you gotta do. Fucking survival yeah. the fittest in this bit. <laughs> so, um, those developments, like where you're, you're, you're immediately like, it's not the. I don't want to use any other show as an example, but you don't get your main characters that are are super powerful. You don't have main characters that are instantly well off or have a well-adjusted life. Like she's you, you kind of from the get-go. Like you see she, her hands wrapped in a bandage. You're like, okay, what's going on there? You find out it's her powers, it's a cursed bloodline, things like that. Um, and then obviously because of that curse and because of her backstory, she's struggling. So she doesn't have a lot of money. Not a lot of people are going to hire her. Things like that. Uh, but then we move to like learning about Akihito and his his friend group. So, like, we have um, his friends there, like Mitsuki and Hiromi, uh, but how they develop kind of as a core group is really nice, I found, too, because, again, you're not getting characters that instantly get along. You're not getting characters who are instantly best friends. I mean, it's kind of a best friend move to, like, warm your hand on a guy's waist, you know? (laughs) The power like, Frank, like Frank, when when we're back to hang out at the bars, like I tell the same. I'm sorry, but I have to wear my hands around your waist, dude. Like, come on. <laughs> I mean, she'll, she'll probably bring a stick to you know to beat you with or something. But yeah, she'll. I mean, you it. can try. It's worth it. I am I am pretty warm. I am like a teddy bear. So yeah, it works. Works out. <laughs> I think I think it was cool that you know there's clearly history between those characters and then you assume that they're all friends and um Mitsuki's sort of teasing um Akihito about like you know being childhood friends and like him confessing to her like when they graduate sort of thing like that cliched thing but then you sort of find out later on that you know that's not the case that's not their relationship at all really yeah um which I thought was a cool twist because I I I did watch half the show when it aired I think but I never finished it so I actually knew all the first part, but I didn't know how it all resolved at the end. So it was actually fun watching this again. So I think I did the same because the last two episodes, I was kind of not remembering well. So I was just kind of confused at how it how it kind of ended. But the, the final ending of the series, not the movies, did hit me hard. And I kind of realized, yeah, I must have seen this. Uh, but... Moving into, like, the second and third episodes, we got Mirai, like, can't really beat her first demon. She's struggling with it. Akihito's, like, kind of coaching her and giving her, like, ideas. So we find out more what her, like, her blood actually does. It doesn't just make a sword. It does, she's got, like, acid blood. Uh, yes, so they go cursed blood. 
cursed blood. Yes. So then they do eventually defeat it. They decide to take it once it's defeated, this little stone to get it appraised. Um, we find out <laughs> how much she can make from it, even though she claimed to be a very powerful uh, demon. All right. So then um, they go to the appraiser and we find out uh, that's run by demons, but in humanoid forms. So um, Ayaka is, again, another stereotypical <laughs> Japanese trope, a wise older woman who is very sassy. Um, really love that character. Yeah, she's great. Like, and, and her voice actress, I regret not looking it up and talking about it earlier, but she's got a voice that I've, I've heard before. I can't it. Yeah, it's but... a very specific voice that I've heard, like, a bunch. I don't know that it belongs well, to one I have person. A, the ability, I have the ability to right-click, so let's do that. So <laughs> it's, it's Naomi, Naomi Shindo. Uh, she, hey, she's Kagali Yula Atha in uh, Gundam Seed. She's also oh that's where I know her from. She's uh, Shizuru in uh, My Otome and My Hime. No, I'm the only one for that. Cool. Yeah, yeah sorry. Uh, she's in No Game and No Life as well as Miko. She's in. Oh, she's in Eurocamp. She's also in Appleseed. Hero Man, yeah. Uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood as Rebecca. Fairy Tale as Ikaruga. And that's probably all as far as I'm going. But um, she's got she's got such the sass and, and like the I know more than you, but I'm not gonna tell you everything kind of thing. Um, I think any any character that does that gesture where they do like the the money gesture, like the the finger and thumb and then the three fingers out, like you know, pay me money or I'm trying to earn yeah. money. That gesture. Yeah. Any character that does that is always like one of my favorite characters. I don't know, that, <laughs> that thing's so that concept's so funny to me. Uh, my other favorite subset of characters is also characters that do the ara ara. And yeah. It's just like ara ara ara. No, not that one. The sexy. No, no, one. the very yeah, sexy yeah. one. Oh, never. Yeah. The one I can't mimic because I'm not that confident in my voice. Uh, <laughs> so as we move on, uh, they they kind of do. They find out that uh, some of the spirits are getting more agitated. Uh, they find out that there's a coming Yomu. Uh, known as the Hollow Shadow, and it's probably the most powerful one they're going to experience, uh, but it doesn't take a physical body. Um, they kind of get this information in the we in the the way of a like a hologram magic card. Yeah, that was, and we, and we get to meet Akito's absentee mother. <laughs> yeah, unclear what the technology behind that was, but it was a very funny scene. It, and, and the whole, like, don't show anymore, flip it over, and then they're like, no, we have to see more. I and love this. like, please don't the, put me through it, and they keep, like, the back and forth. I, I really enjoyed that. I just love, like, the deadpan of the other characters, like, taking it very seriously and, like, analyzing it very calmly, like, which he comments on the second time it comes around, I think. But then they, like, flip it over, and it's this, like, insane card with the video message. It's really funny. I love yeah, that like, they, didn't, they didn't think that she was the spirit warrior. They're like, oh, no. She's obviously the the spirit. It's like no, no, she's human. Shit. Yeah, she's a spe- she's a special kind of human. <laughs> oh god. Uh, so then we move into to later on where that we're gonna kind of find out what the hollow shadow is and how it does weird stuff. Um, it's a spooky it, cloud. Yeah, it's a spooky cloud, and um, we also get introduced to uh, Miroku, who's 
guy from the, the the society and he's here to investigate the appearance of the hollow shadow and like the moment you see miroku you kind of you know he's up to no good he's got like the evil glasses he's got the evil goatee he's kind of like does this mean just... i'm evil yeah like, you, you are, just described yeah. me we all know you're evil just you're the fucking villain of this podcast enjoy it <laughs> oh fuck you guys whatever but he's all, he's also always drinking a juice box which i, don't I think know. that is freaking hilarious <laughs> like banana which it is be, very evil yeah yeah bananas are like look at donkey kong he's just he's just a genocidal maniac um or so just really horny we, we don't know we don't we don't take sides in the donkey kong fight um <laughs> But they uh, they kind of find out like this thing's gonna come to town. It's gonna mess stuff up. So Akito kind of goes back to school and just doing his thing. Um, they find out more information. Like uh, Hiromi's there to kind of feed him some more tidbits of what's going on. Um, and they go to the train yard. Or sorry, no, sorry, Mitsuki and takes Akito to the train yard to kind of discuss some sensitive information um, from Iori and kind of give tidbits of like we get more of uh, Mirai's past and, and some kind of intel on who she is and like why she would go after the hollow shadow because we is it here that we find out the hollow shadow possessed Yui it's somewhere in here we find out that it we've... killed it killed her or possessed her. Yeah, so yeah. we find out that it possessed her when we find out um, why or who uh, Mirai killed. Okay, yeah. so that's is past. that after there? Is, that's after. No, it must. Be, and they go in it. Right? I believe that's in episode three or four, just for the fact that um, it it happens right after, or no, it might happen in episode two for the fact that it's. Uh, she can't oh, yeah, kill the demon the that's end. possessing her house because she's afraid to kill again. Yes, and we find out yes. that she kills. We don't know what. And then I think in episode three, we find out why. And she, when she cries out saying like, just leave me alone. I'm not like you because yeah. I've killed yeah, someone. Yeah, because he goes, he goes to her apartment and he knows already that she, what she's done. Cause I th- I think yeah, episode yeah, two happens. ends with them getting ramen or the, them getting food. And then she's like, okay, after this, you got to leave me alone because I've killed someone. I don't yes. want to kill you. So I think and then the the starting of the next episode, we find out who and why. Yeah, yeah, because it's at the That's end of episode three that we Sakura appears, right? And Sakura's got that cool like yes blade saw, lance chainsaw thing. Yeah, gun lance spear. Yeah, so it's straight out of Monster Hunter. Um, and she's she's there to confront them, and they're trying to do their own thing with the shadow and. Sakura's like, no, nah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you. And then we move into the next one where they're kind of in this weird space that the the Hollow Shadows created. They're getting like a a twisted version of reality. So they we got the weird escalator fight scene, and Sakura's chasing them. And midway through, Akihito's like, yo, just take off your stockings. And she's like, what do you mean? And she, <laughs> They they run up they run up the escalator barefoot get more traction, and I found this scene right after this really neat because you don't really see a lot of logic or planning in these kind of shows. You just assume that 
there's a preset path that everyone's going to take because it's animated, but, like, she throws her stockings down a certain hallway as a distraction, and Sakura takes the bait, and you're just like, holy, holy crap. Yeah, I guess that could happen, like, if you put it all down that way. Um, and then we're kind of brought into everyone facing their demons, a giant version of Yui appears, Mirai has to face it, kind of to past that barrier of, I guess, mental anguish uh, that we got there. Um, so after this, they kind of, they get out, and they get out because the, when the shadow goes to attack, um, she used her own corrosive blood to destroy it. So they all peer back on the mountaintop. Uh, Mirai questions herself about Akihito and could he be a friend and things like that but as he as he kind of talks to her about it the the shadow possesses him causing him to like do this really weird like anime disease thing where it's like the black darkness is creeping up his face which I thought was really cool and it reminded me a little bit of um curse magic yeah that but uh princess mononoke more yeah that that, that plays better the uh the demon disease or whatever yeah and so they obviously fight it uh she forces the shadow out of him uh but afterwards yeah without killing him uh what is it here uh hiromi and ayaka show up and uh this is the first chance uh, we kind of see akihito uh go berserk he's kind of showing his demon form which I thought was a, a neat take on it because he is half demon. He still retains a lot of his human characteristics. Like a lot of these shows, I always expect like anytime they talk about demon or yomu or yokai, um, I always expect the big transformations where they assume a human form and then they have like some grotesque other form. But to see him, like it looks like it's corrupting him almost. Like it's it's future spoilers stuck inside him i thought was really interesting and then just learning again like we were talking we get a connection there of like this has happened before these other people in the area whether it be his friends or ayaka uh, know how to control them know how to settle them down know how to beat them and how it's just normal like it's it's their 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 typical sunday in the summer to do this to put them in a barrier and stuff it's less normal and more that they're prepared for it because yeah. it's okay. happened before yeah. and they're like they're they're aware of the gravity of the situation so you say that they're all like full-on battle mode absolutely prepared for you know 100 percent capacity sort of thing i think well, it's I just because they knew they knew that he vanished and he went to stop her and like oh She's gonna get him into trouble, and he might turn again. So let's be ready. And yeah. I don't that we don't know how many times this has happened before, but we can get the answer. Like maybe this was like this this third time has happened. I think this is really good storytelling because um, when he first comes out and he's on the ground, um, I think someone says to him, I can't remember who, might be Hiromi, but he says like, um, you know, you you sort of got careless, or you knew this could happen, sort of thing. 
and Akira is sort of like incapacitated so he can't really respond and they set up all the cages and the the seals and stuff and you're like holy shit something bad's about to happen yeah. and you can tell that they're all fully aware of what's happening so you can tell that this has happened before and that they know how powerful he is so it's it must be a very scary thing and you know Mirai's sort of the audience in the situation you know not having that previous backstory so she's just like taking it all in at once and then she comes to the conclusion like when they were talking before about like you know being the same and like him understanding the sort of trouble she's going through that he was actually like you know for real because he's got and, this sort of part of him and so i don't know if we want to go uh if we want to do this now when the episode comes or not but uh drew you told us to pick out our favorite episodes and this one is yeah. probably my favorite um other than you know everybody's favorite number six this one is definitely my favorite just for the fact that it it gives each uh, character kind of level playing field and it gives the audience like level playing field. Okay. We're all caught up. We know what's going to like ever. We know what's happened in all of these characters past. What's going to happen next. And I, they did it so well because honestly, I didn't expect that the, the demon was, or like he had a demon or Yomu inside of him. And, uh, it just it came off so well and it set up those character relationships so well and the fact that she's like you don't understand what i'm going through he's like no 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 i do but like the audience we don't we just assume he's just a, a guy who just can't die yep. we never yeah. we never suspected or i never suspected that the demon that like causes him never to die is actually can possess him and come out and exactly wreck havoc so like for mirai to see that he is this you know demon in all intents and purposes or has one inside of him like she's like oh shit i judged the book by its hit like by its cover and i shouldn't have and she kind of is like okay so he's going through shit too we're all going through shit maybe i can trust him maybe i can open up to him a little bit more and so the, for the fact that this was really great storytelling and it just kind of did a really good job of like hey here's like you are all like we are all now caught up we don't know mm-hmm. what the hell is going to happen next, uh, but everybody knows each other's past. They did it very well, and for that, it's my uh, it's my favorite episode of the yeah, of the show. Really I good think story. That's a, a good way to put it. Yeah, the like like I was saying earlier, we don't get our hands held too much throughout the story, and like the way Kyo Annie decided to direct this and and put it together and adapt it, like a lot of the subtext and like character feelings are are really on display like they do always such a good job with emoting and 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 reacting to what the situation is you're not like i find they don't just animate a picture of akihito being in this prison going struggling they 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 zoom out so you see how everyone is staged around him how how this like we we have Hiromi who's just ready to do whatever he has to do to his best friend right to keep things quote unquote normal um and just seeing Mirai like actually like break down in tears because he's he's being sincere he's being like he's apologizing to her for what's happened and putting her through this and then their bond is growing stronger because I guess up until this part, you're like, oh, it's typical slice of lice, life, lice. Wow, um, it's unrequited love and and whatnot. But you find out that maybe she she actually 
does care. Maybe she doesn't say that he's unpleasant all the time because he actually is. Maybe she's kind of leaning towards him being a decent guy. So after he kind of settles down after being his ass is being kicked, um, we see the Hollow Shadow Stone. An unknown character picks it up and stashes it at the society for the time being. Um, then we're going to move into... Well, we also see another stone pop up. And they collect oh, right. it thinking it's the hollow shadow. Because it's so small, they're like, this was it? Yeah. And then yeah. we later find out what it is. So. Yes, yes. So then um, the next episode is the... What is it? The... Chartreuse Lantern. The, the Lantern Festival one? Or, yeah. So episode five, Chartreuse Light. Um, all the episodes are color related. Um, I the, never knew, noticed that until yeah. just now. Thank you for pointing that out. Yeah. Because, yeah, I'm looking at the episode list right now, just kind of like following along a little bit. Or, but, yeah, everything <laughs> has a color except for it looks like one and it just has the word color in it. <laughs> unless you count the uh, unless cloud is a is a color well the but, color of a cloud is white or whatever you want to say it is but um yeah mirai in this episode kind of finally gives up joins the literary club um so after she gets inducted we'll say uh mirai akito miski and hiromi go to visit the nasei mansion where they run into a departing miroku who Kind of like the way he departs is is kind of like every villain. I find he's he's got his his scheming kind of face on and saying he he'll he'll see them later or talk to them later and he obviously didn't get what he wanted. Um, Izumi uh, temporarily confiscates Mirai's uh, license, which I thought was really funny. Uh, she takes it for a month for disobeying her orders and going after the Hollow Shadow. And her immediate concern is, how am I going to make money? How am I going to eat? Rent is coming up this month. So we learn again how poor she is. She's paying month to month for her rent. Um, she's eating cup noodles at this point. Uh, but Miski agrees to take uh, Mirai to her part-time job in hopes uh, that the boss will hire her so she can get some income for the next month. Um they discuss this at the Pancake House. Miski and Mirai discuss uh, the latter change of her heart and how she's socializing with Akihito and the relationship and how the Nasei clan is working with them. So, again, another good episode for, like, history, I would say. We learn how characters are developing. We just don't see changes, like, as a bad example, uh, in Haruhi where Haruhi just kind of brings everyone into the group and they and they go yes I'm in the group. We don't see how these people really interact or are affected by Haruhi whereas here they're actually talking like like I can't believe he would have done this for me. This is amazing. This is this is something that's changing my life. And again, it's a more grounded series with supernatural elements is what I have. The the one thing I want to comment about on this episode is that she be uh, so uh, 
uh, Akihito, she, or sorry, not Akihito, um, Mirai begrudgingly at first joins the literary club. She's like, I yes. don't really want to be here. And then she looks at the books and sees books on gardening. Oh, and it's yes, like, yes. oh, I'm in, I'm in. And it's Is just this... like that little bit of character be- like development of just like, okay, she really likes gardening. Is this where we find out about her hobby and why she's broke? Or is that yeah, the next episode? Uh, you find that out, I think, another episode down the line. But, like, yeah. We could like, just say you... it. It's bonsais, you know? Yeah, she loves bonsai she trees. She loves... all of her money on it. Which is hilarious. Because, <laughs> like, they're, like... Uh, I don't, uh, it's so funny. But, like, the, that little bit of character development in this episode was, like, it was great. It's like, okay, this isn't just a cookie cutter. Like, this is my tragic past. Let's go on with the future. It's like... No, this is my tragic past, but I still am a person. I still have hobbies. Yeah. I still like these things. And mm-hmm. to me, that that was super important that they didn't put it in the early episodes and that they did it here. Well, that's that's like uh, the, ne- the next episode that everyone loves. That's episode six, right? Shocking Pink. Oh, boy. Where we find out the gardening hobby is her main like crutch in life, and that's what, what's killing her financially. Um we find out that there's a valuable, very like precious sought after Yomu uh, living on the roof of the school. And we just get repeat after repeat of repeat of everyone trying to approach it, do something to it. And just getting soaked in some gross stink. liquid. Yeah. Just this gross. It, it just and looked I'm, like pee. It just yeah. looked like pee, but it apparently it smells probably. even worse. So, yeah, I was really uh, curious what it actually smelled like, <laughs> but they never described the smell. Yeah, which is nice. That's very nice. So, I mean, uh, uh, one of them got sprayed to where they could not be in the same room with her. So, yes. Uh, real bad. Super skunk. Maybe super skunk. <clears throat> so, um, our cute little friend Aishindo uh, explains, they'll get distracted by human girls. So a two-person two team needs to be used. Uh, she, tri- Mirai gets Akito and Mitsuki into helping. They, the next day, they <laughs> use seductive poses, and Mitsuki approaches them from behind, but as usual, soaks them again. They all get sting. Uh, so they, they want to give up. Hiromi explains the last time the Yomu was caught, it got killed with a song. Um, so they go to get this song uh and we find out find out that mirai is a terrible singer when she tries to distract it with the song i laughed out loud (laughs) so hard i i it it like watching a show by myself like i'll chuckle here and there but like to get a full out laugh takes a lot and that to me was just one of the funniest fucking things because it was so unexpected like you kind of see it like when they start talking about it but then it just happens, and it's uh, like just instantly happens as they're talking about it, and it is one of the funniest fucking scenes I've seen in a while. Really funny it. delivery as well by uh, Oh yeah, Akihito. Like he's like Kurumi. I forgot to say she's a terrible singer, and he's like it's too late now. And then <laughs> they get screwed. And th- and then we get the full uh, pop star performance. They're all in matching costumes, matching dances. Very well animated. I this enjoyed every second of this. <laughs> was my favorite episode. And it wasn't even for, like, the pop idol part, which is fantastic. But it was just their conversations with each other and just how hysterical it was with them. Where they're talking in the park and sh- and uh, one of them's in, the bal- like, a ball or something like that. And she threatens to pop it. And they all freak out back away, like, okay, you win, whatever you want. 
And then them having the conversations back and forth, back and forth with some jokes and some threats in between. Just awesome. And it shows just how close they all are and how uh, how the relationships are, how strong the relationships are with each other. And the the best part was like the tease at the end or the uh, the reveal at the end where it's like, oh, Ola likes human girls. And then the Yomu girl comes out in her human form and just immediately takes control over the guy and charms him. And it's awesome. <laughs> and then, unfortunately, at the end, they realize... Who's going to do it? Who's going to attack? Who's going to defeat it? And, and and then they get soaked. So, uh, moving on, um, the next episode's pretty much a Sakura episode. We learn more about her and why she transferred there, why she's going after Mirai, uh, things like that. Um, she tries to fight a flying Yomu and doesn't win. So, um, Akihiro takes her home. Uh, she's being cared for in his room and Mirai shows up and she looks down and sees a second pair of shoes and she's like, wait, who shows are those? Who shoes are those? Very, very funny interaction. And it's just, and it's just, again, more character building. We're learning more that maybe she, she, she does like him. Maybe she's starting to think this creepy pervert who loves glasses is, is a cool dude, but it's just so goofy and it's just so well done. And then we turn back um, to Sakura and like originally she wouldn't eat the food Akihito made her. She was just like, no, I'm not eating that garbage. Um, and she was saying that she was like, she's perfectly fine. She's good to go. And she like just books out his window, like destroys his window and hops away. I forgot she destroyed it. <laughs> yeah, and then we look down, we look down and see that um, like she actually ate. Um, later on, Mirai and Sakura, they fight. Uh, they eventually come down to a draw in the sewers. Um, we get more backstory on the revenge plot and how people can change. Um, Sakura kind of lose her, loses her, like, will to fight and kind of just, she's just like, ah, I'm done. Um, and at this point, the spear is like, yo, I don't just eat demons. I'm going to eat yes. you. Yes. Uh, so fortunately, Mirai is super cool. She stops it. Um, Sakura turns around and goes, yo, I, I kind of lost who I was. This isn't really me. Um, this necklace is kind of clouding my feelings. Let's, let's learn to reconcile. Let's learn to be better. And they kind of just do. They're, they're going to work on it. And they, they, again, more conversations of how they're going to work on it. And we just don't get an immediate thank you. We don't get an immediate, like, Naruto moment where, like, Naruto uses the power of friendship to turn someone onto his side. Like it's, they're they're more begrudgingly friends. They're not best friends. They're they're human. They're complicated. So like yeah. they, as much as they want to try and forgive and get past it, they know they can't. There's still that that thought in their head, that memory that bothers them. Yeah. So like it 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 has them just struggling with that, knowing they want to be better and to be more with this person. And you Plus do see that in like the next episode when she's like waking her up to go to school and she does not want to go to school. I'm like, this is perfect. I love it. Yeah, I think also it's more believable because they grew up together. It's not like they're strangers, you know? Um, so they have that, like that sort of history there. 
obviously there's like a massive trauma that they have to overcome, but it's not like two strangers meeting and fighting and then they become best friends. You know, there's underlying, there's that history of them always being close before yeah. the thing happened. So I think, like, I, I never picked out a favorite episode. I just enjoyed the series as a whole. But I think episode eight is mine just because we get to the core plot of what the show is. Um, Akihito gets a, another postcard, unfortunately, from his mother, giving him a, a very unique warning on uh, the coming calm as the city starts showing the effects of this kind of dampening power that um, all the Yomu become weakened. Um, and then we also learn that not only do the Yomu become weakened, but because Akihito's got his, his powers, he's going to get weak too. So, and Izumi goes up and freezes him, like puts his human half under. Yeah. So when I first saw this, I didn't know if his human half and his demon half were like, like two brains, one body. So in my mind, I would I thought she was taking out his human body, mind, to save it in case the demon side went berserk and he technically wouldn't die, but that wasn't the case no, yeah it, i thought it's, it's her trying to force events to happen so that she yeah. can kill beyond the bound yeah that's she but we, she's a we didn't know that right we yeah didn't we didn't know that, know that at the time yeah we just knew that nope. she was probably putting his human part under because she practiced yeah. on that other person for me yeah, it we had felt no idea sketchy either way like it to me it wasn't what you guys are saying to me it felt like she's up to something i don't know what yet and she's oh, been yeah. sketchy the entire time. I never thought she was like a good guy though. Like to me, she was, she was neutral, but she's leaned more towards I just want to kill, whatever it is, or do whatever yeah. whatever major plot point she's going for. That's leading towards the evil side. I would say. Yeah, well, I thought here, less evil, more uh, morally ambiguous, like doing whatever it takes, yeah. no matter the yeah, cost. Yeah, she has a mission, thing. right? Yeah, yeah, I guess that yeah. that would make more sense. So here we find out uh, Miroku really why he's here he's here to investigate investigate the nazi family um and what they're planning to do against the society or or what they're doing with like izumi and mirai um uh, then we kind of go to beautiful sunset um and hiromi attacks miroku which was pretty cool we kind of get to full force see like what hiromi's all about he does like a cool bait and switch we see explosions because i think that's the only thing Miroku does at this point is explode and every time he does he's like scot-free like he's just no injuries um we unfortunately then see Akihito uh, on the train he's having a horrible flashback things like that uh, Izumi comes back again puts him to sleep again um and then uh, afterwards Ayaka, Ayaka decides to watch over him because he's kind of like got a weird fever thing going on and so she starts feeling the calm effects we start noticing a lot more what the calm is doing and did um, we go over what the calm was like in particular yeah, yeah okay. it's it's this the the whole weakening of the of the yeah the weakening of, the of but they also like they didn't know due to him because it, it's kind of the first time it's happened for yeah. for him so like they don't know what's gonna get weak is it him and the demon might get a little bit more stronger or might be stronger than he does yeah he is yeah. It might so, like, this whole more. thing is just like they were expecting something to happen, but I don't, this is something like this might be what it'll be from now on. So, yeah. 
I guess she's like breaking future preparations if this is the case forever. But well, I also like this episode because you get to learn that their homeroom teacher, uh, that she's she's a a spirit world warrior as well. Um, but you never really see her do anything. They run into her at the shop. They run into her at the train and whatnot. Um, but you see, like, she just stomps on the ground and all the Yomu pop up and she starts, like, slaughtering them. And then other people start showing up and she's like, come on, I was supposed to make bank on this. And, uh, like, earlier in the episode, she says she's taking a week vacation. And everyone's yeah. like, oh, is it for a scandal? Is she getting married? What's going on? And it's no, she just wants to make money. I love that. Uh... Uh, what's her name? The the older sister shows up and she's just like starts murdering them. I was like, oh, I'm not taking. She's not no, taking. No, I'm just any doing. Yeah, she's oh, just cool. doing it. <laughs> so um, this whole thing happens, uh, but um, Ayaka starts to get overpowered because she's fighting Miroku at this point. Yeah, but she's getting affected by the calm, so she's not as strong she, as she normally would. Yeah. Yeah, and he's really surprised that she's still that strong. Um, fortunately, Izumi decides to come back uh, and help her out, uh, but we see Mirai rushing back to the shop to try and get to Akihito quick enough. And this episode, again, why I like it, it ends on a really good cliffhanger with his uh, hand stretching out all um, possessed. And uh, like when I was watching this weekly back in 2013, that's why I really liked it. It was something like... To, to get you in the in the hook and again kyo Annie does really good with that they do really good cliffhangers they do like so well in making you want to know more and getting you hooked in so then uh we move on uh to episode nine um everyone's kind of fighting hiromi's got his hands full miski um is also helping him fight a giant yomu um izumi faces off against moroku uh who just throws fireballs everywhere again he's always on fire um uh akihito um is not who he seems to be he's all possessed uh and we get more fights with uh hiromi miski they defeat the giant shadow uh mirai lets everyone know exactly what the calm is and how it's affected akihito uh, and how it brought his other half to the surface, and they're trying to like track him, find out where he is. Um, but we get a little scary plot here as they track him down. Uh, Izumi just suggests flat out that Mirai can kill him. She's just like deadpan, like you, you can kill him. So his Yomu half will dominate his body, and he'll become unstoppable if that's the case. So they don't find him immediately it goes to like another day or so and miski and hiromi ponder they try and figure out why izumi would do this and what like if she's running a secret behind their backs that they don't know about so they um and they're very conflicted too because yeah like, it's their friend but they weren't friends to begin with they knew what he was and who he was and they yep. were sent to keep tabs on him and it just it just so happened they became friends, so now the conflict is there with them, and I think more so with Hiromi, because he wasn't he was there to keep tabs on him more so than the sister and yeah. he became best friend. Yeah, and and we find out that like Akito was deliberately weakened. Like we find out that 
here is why that barrier was done and that Izumi did it. Um, and that she did it, like, on purpose. She had an alternate agenda. We didn't, like, she wasn't trying to save him. She was trying to bring out the demon. I realize now that I never watched episode 9. <gasps> Just Somehow skipped it. I skipped it. Just skipped I have no idea how I missed a whole episode. Funny enough, from... I actually had to re-watch episode 9 because I was watching it one night while in bed and I saw about half of it and the other half I fell asleep during because it was late and I was like, I don't really remember the first half so I'm just going to rewatch this one. I don't know how that didn't seem weird to me because, yeah, he, he was in the shop, Mirai was running to get him and his hand comes out and that's like a cliffhanger and then the next episode was episode 10 I watched which is him summoning... Uh, sorry, then it's like Mirai's like uh, before the whole show started, Izumi summoning her to Nagatsuki City to kill Akihito. And he wakes up in his apartment and learns that Mirai has been taking care of him. So it's it's post him being put down. But then, oh my god. Yeah. that's I don't know how I missed that episode. <laughs> oh wow. So you miss at, at that point. So literally he, he was... Yeah, from my perspective, it's him like... You can see his demon form coming up in the shop, and then the next episode he wakes up and he's in the hospital bed, and Mirai's explaining to him what happened while he was out. You missed so a I good just... chunk of character moments in that. <laughs> even like, like, you missed that he is beyond the boundary. Like, he is that demon that everyone's afraid of, and that um, Izumi's been keeping tabs and researching him. But you see uh, all then... that later, right? Yeah, you get that you, you later. You do, but... Yeah. But you don't see how it's Hiromi discovering it, right? He's 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 kind of the, yeah. The that, guy that that's the it one out. thing where oh. and that's I will say like right. I'll say this right now, but Hiromi is my favorite character in this entire thing because he is the goofball, but he's super serious. He's very strong, and he knows when to to tone it down. But he he genuinely cares about all of his friends, especially his sister. And when that happens, the conflict in him was the strongest. Like I said, but. You could see that he was just like, no, I don't care. He's my friend and I'm not going to do that. And the moment when he finds out who well, he's beyond the boundary, like, it didn't matter still. Like he, he's conflicted. He knows the issues with him being beyond the boundary and what that could pose towards the world. But it's still his friend and he wanted to figure out some way to save. Huh. Now, do we find out in this episode or is it like the next one why Mirai is actually trying to kill him in the beginning of the uh, of the show? Yeah, it's the next yeah, episode. It's, it's ten. Episode okay, 10. I yeah. I couldn't remember if it was uh, nine or ten, but yeah, that that's a thing. Well, we also find out in this one that um, Miroku manages to steal the Hollow Shadow Stone and like superpower his weapon. Yep, um, missed that as well. <laughs> so and then Mirai You're goes just like all of a sudden this guy's just summoning this weird thing at the end of the episode. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> well. Uh, Mirai uh, goes to the forest. She finds him. He's kind of in this weird, like, area of influence that he's he's kind of got going under him. Um, super cool battle, and then again, getting me right in the feels. She kind of like realizes that she does love this guy, and that she's got to be the one to kill him. And like again, another great cliffhanger. For the episode, and then we have Element's favorite episode, only because he skipped episode nine. But 
like we got a good flashback. He was so desperate for episode ten that he had to skip nine. Yeah, he just couldn't wait, right? Well, I watched the whole second half last night along with the movie, so missing (laughs) one episode in between, like it just, yeah, it's crazy that I that didn't seem weird to me. I just accepted that we just skipped a bunch of stuff that happened. It's alright. It's it's weird. I mean, it all still made sense in the end. I think maybe I would have understood more about Beyond the Boundary. Probably, I'm assuming they explained that a bit more in episode. They went in depth into like what the main. This was more focused on like what was going on behind. Like a little bit, not as much as episode ten, where you're like, "Oh, this is what was been going on the entire time with, uh, with Mirai and and the sister." But yeah, it it did do a little bit of explanation. I think episode ten was really good though because it was like, it's like my favorite part of heist movies where after they steal you. It like goes back and shows how they did it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. Yep. It's, that was this episode basically. Yeah, and we get like a dream world. We get flashbacks. We get kind of Akihito being honest with like everything, like him actually admitting to her and like how he feels. And she, although it's in a dream, she's like it's really hard to to do this, even if it's in a dream. And she tries to kiss him. Uh, and then he wakes up right at that moment because that's how all animes do it. They can't have people kissing. Jerks. Um, and uh, more flashback. Uh, and then Mirai, uh, she transfers in. She tries to kill him. And that's my favorite part of this episode, the kill collab. And he's just still like broken up about it. Um, this was the episode with the pool scene, right? Yeah, she's laying at the pool and... Um, yeah, great this, scene. This and, one and when, uh, was Hiromi this was one of my favorite <laughs> scenes with Hiromi because it's like he walks back, just like, "Hey, pervert, what's up, pervert?" I'm like, okay, yeah. And then his whole face is sunburned except for his eye where he's being used. Yeah, it's like, yeah, so was, I thought funny. that was a great touch. That was respect. That was, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we kind of get more of the reason why Izumi did everything, why she drew it out, and how they were actually trying to do him. And here I saved him. Uh, by sacrificing herself. Um, so we go to a snowy white mirror world where Mirai is fighting. And that brings us to episode 11. Uh, following uh, a coma, Akito learns that um, that Hiromi and Mitsuki, uh, that he's been separated from Beyond the Boundary. And unfortunately, by doing that, um, it killed Mirai. And uh, he's now no longer immortal. So... He's mad, obviously. He wants to go talk to Izumi. Um, even though Hiromi's telling him how it is. Um, Izumi shows up, explains it, admits she used Mirai purely because of her cursed blood and knew she could do, do she could defeat it. Um, but the whole thing we kind of learn here is that Mirai like didn't want to do it. She wanted to find out a way now that she kind of is friends with him. How how she could do it without killing him. Um, we get that through obviously a series of flashbacks and her like being brought in and getting yelled at but not getting yelled at kind of thing. <laughs> um, Miroku now decides, well, beyond the boundaries weekend, I'm going to rig up my car to my gun saber shoot a laser beam into the sky and see what it does. Um, everyone kind of 
starts uh well before this as well they start feeling weaker they notice uh hiromi's not wearing his scarf all the time and we don't see uh during i don't think during this episode we see um his sister's like little fuzzy animal Oh, the pet she had? Yeah, like, we don't see it in that whole episode, which leads me to believe, like, either she's leaving it at home or it died in one of the fights. So I was like, oh, man, that's really... I think it was that she's just keeping it hidden because it's weak now. Okay, that would make more more sense. Yeah, I think that's the case. Yeah, wait, if the Beyond the Boundary was released, correct, at at this point? Yeah, so, no, if you... It was always there. Well, yeah. right, but the Yomu, the Yomu, whenever the Beyond the Boundary was kind of released and shown, all the Yomu flew up to it. Mm, so yep. I would only assume that no, her that Yomu was, flew. That to was it. when he activated the thing and it sucked all the Yomu to it. They didn't mm. fly to it; they got sucked into it. Right, and I would yeah. assume that her, I, her Yomu I was, got well, sucked this happened, to it too. We didn't see the, the the creature even before that. I would assume. No, we I, I I thought it was just that she left it at home. Also, like I think that makes more in. sense because yeah, it wasn't. It de- definitely didn't get sucked up because it shows up later. Yeah. Also, she does a really Fair. good job of hiding it from her sister and anyone else who would try to kill her. Mm. So, and yes, we also get a true. cool fight. We also get a cool fight here because then they kind of figure out what's going on. Um. So, yeah, Miroku is using his lance to attract and absorb all the city's Yomu uh, to kind of power up and help out beyond the boundary, because he knows it's weak too. Uh, so amidst all of this chaos, Akihito and quote-unquote the literacy gang, the literary gang, um, they kind of get informed that Mirai is still alive and fighting. Uh, and that's why... Earlier on, Akihito's kind of hearing those loud, like, gong noises. It's it's her constantly trying to beat the boundary. Um, and we also see here uh, that Akihito gets a shard of what originally came out of him uh, that Lobo mentioned earlier. It's part of the boundary, but it's also part of him. So he takes the, the stone, and he gets a bit of his power. He gets a really cool demon claw hand um and no matter what he's gonna go help her he's gonna go save mirai and akito manages to pass into the black sphere merging um with the puppet uh version of himself because mirai's been able to create a little mini version of him that she's been protecting over there um she gave herself a handicap during this entire fight to yeah. protecting <laughs> yeah. his ass i mean come on if she wasn't doing that just game over you know and then uh, she's getting her butt kicked, uh, but he shows up as the puppet or possessing it, and they decide, hey, you know what? Maybe the power of love can defeat this thing. Um, and that brings us to episode twelve, uh, which is the final episode of the series. So this is unfortunately where um, my knowledge ends. Um, we kind of see that this uh, this really cool battle. We got like a lot of destruction and very well done animation i i think at this point um and we see akihito using his his, um demon powers here to defend himself from the attacks he's helping mirai and they're kind of doing like a really cool like ultimate finale best friend fight where like they're just cutting through all these demons that are showing up he's just one punch manning them um and she's just 
being cool with a sword, like in every anime. Go nuts. Yeah, and um, uh, we got kind of bounced through the weird, the weird worlds here, and we see um, Mirai and Akihito here just narrowly reach uh, the core, which I thought was really cool. Um, for two reasons, uh, they grab a moped for whatever reason is able to be used in this mirror world, <laughs> and the her first question as they're being chased by explosions and other yomu, do you have a license? Good thing to ask, you know. And his response is, it's not like these are public streets. And he says, get on. And instead of hopping on like a normal person would, either on the back seat or sitting in his lap, she jumps on the handlebars. Um, and as they and drive, he has a clear view of the panties, you know. And and you know what? We, uh, Kyo Annie is so well done in how they animate this scene. His head placement is great. How the yeah. skirt ruffles is great because you know what? I'm not a huge fan of the etchy stuff and like if it happens, it happens. But I really appreciate how they maybe made this for a more mature audience and being as old as I was when I watched it, like uh, clearly above the recommended age for the show. But you can see his expression because like they do a flip and the bike falls over and they're flying and she like looks back at him and he looks at her and there's like that connection of yeah, I saw it. And she's just like, God damn it. <laughs> and then they do, like, they do the finishing blow, and there's all this craziness that happens. So um, we go back to like Izumi uh, fighting Miroku, which is also a really good fight. Um, she stabs him, and his lance self-destructs, which I thought was an, a, another explosion that he was concocting. Which was like, I I don't know Miroku. I I found he was just a a villainous character up to no good, but with no real backstory. Yeah, they really never explained what his plans were, what he was trying to accomplish, or anything. He just seemed to be an antagonist for the sake of. Like what? even at the end, when we find out like what really happened, like why he kept going and saying he's from uh, the agency or whatever. It was it. It didn't make sense even then. Like we didn't get as much story as we needed, or even or what we wanted about what was going on with him. But I don't really think it was really about him. More so about the character. So I wasn't all that bothered by it too much. Well, we we start getting into the point here. I think we kind of mixed up the bike part in the final blow. Like, um, they get towards the core. They have to fight the the giant battle where they're one punching and, and blade dancing, um, and then the boundary emerges and it's just this giant fist. And Akito has this great again character developing moment where he's talking about all the feelings he felt as as a half demon kid. Like he gets the flashback or the the little ghosts of kids appear and they're like, "Why aren't you dying? Why aren't you hurt?" Um, and he's just like, "Yo, all of those feelings live in me." I've accepted those feelings. Fear, hate, doubt. They're just part of me. And every time he punches the fist back, it's getting smaller and smaller. Until it actually turns into him. Which I thought was really cool. And it's it's kind of like his fight against himself. And the fight to understand who he is. And like I know it's an anime. And it's just a story for that. But it's 
it's more than that at some points. Like I again, animes have kind of developed who I am in in a lot of aspects. And looking back at this, like this kind of tells a story of you're not who you have to be in your way of life. Like Mirai having to be a cursed bloodline, having to do the this job because she was told she had to do so. No, these all these people are making these just decisions and and going through life with their own choices they're acknowledging that their past is their past but they're using the present to make their choices i found and that when akito kind of confronts his inner demon we'll use in this situation um you get that with him i found and that he's come to a point where he's not afraid that he's half demon anymore he 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 is and that's just who he is yeah, it was, um, I think this episode was a lot about acceptance, like, um, Hiromi accepting that, because he finds out about Izumi having, like, a Yomu in her mm-hmm. body, which is probably pretty taboo, um, he sort of accepts that he'll never be his sister, but he's going to do things his own way, you know, do, like, do the right thing, um, yep. and then Mirai sort of accepting that while she's from the Cursed Blood Clan, she can still do good in the world and use her power to save people, and then Akihito you know, accepting that the Yomu half of him is, like you said, a part of him and all those feelings that he kept inside, they're part of who he is, but he can also be happy and, you know, live a good life, that sort of thing as well. It was a good episode. Yeah, and it's a great way to finish out the series, and we get a really, really sweet moment as everything kind of starts to dissipate, and so Mirai starts, yeah, she starts cracking up, unfortunately, and shattering, and Akihito, they just doesn't want it to happen and the world goes back to normal beyond the boundaries. can we not watch is... sad stuff anymore no <laughs> can we no just we're, this is these? the requirement this is sad, the requirement for happy. baka and company it's... no okay when she's well, destroyed he's... when she's gone that's a ups- that's so sad like it's he just they finally admitted to each other that they love each other and then she's gone yeah, but, but the like final every scene is like, i know hey. i know the final scene I'm saying I that's why I stopped before we got to the final scene, Frank. This is where I got super sad and it's just like what the hell seeing this the first time and knowing that there's that not knowing what's gonna happen next, I'm like, this is this sucks. And it kept going and I was like, I'm ex I was expecting it to go to you know, the, the final scene happens, he runs all the way back to the roof. I was expecting no one to be there. I was expecting me to have false hope or something like that. But then she ring, used the ring disappeared and kind of quasi teleported to her up there. But um, I mean, that's how he kind of that knew wasn't, that she was back. She was that was wasn't like, apparent though, because that could have been that it it was a final thing to disappear. It right, wasn't so, like that. It could have gone either way for that part. I think as like the first time I watched this, because I faintly started remembering uh, after I watched the episode, like me uh, seven or so years ago watching it. Um, when I saw that ring disappear, what I was thinking is one of two things either he's still in the mirror world and something bad is going to happen or that was the final thing of her to be put to rest him finally accepting that his life has to go on without her and that the ring was like his last quote memory uh, of her and that now he's going to move past it and be better but then when and that you fit get the message the, the kyo annie ending of hey this is actually a happy story until you watch back the to movie. Until the... you watch the movie. Yep. Do you want right. me to give a really, really quick summary of the movie? We yeah, will. Yeah. We will after we realize that Akihito goes up to the roof 
sees the love of his life and the bespectacled beauty yeah and but she's not wearing them yet she's not wearing them because if we remember when she was fighting for him she wore the black glasses that he planned to buy for her birthday and i thought that was really cute that she was wearing those and then that yeah yeah the whole fight because when she's really sad about him not like waking up she starts going through his stuff and he has a a book called Megame Magazine, which basically is Classes Magazine. Um, and he has all, all these pages dog-eared and bookmarked. And one of them says, uh, for her for Mirai's birthday. Okay. And it was a really I, I, sleek... I saw that. I just didn't see that he actually learned that she, Maybe I just missed it. I don't know. Yeah, it's just that she was wearing it over in the, the final fight and all that. Yeah, yeah, I missed that the final fight. And then I saw the when, glasses and everything else. I just missed the final fight part. Yeah, and then when he woke up in 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 the hospital, the glasses were there, and that's when he's like, "Something happened to her, and I need to find out what the hell's going on." And then he returns them. We have a happy Kyo Annie ending. However, these guys are going to take over and let me know how wrong I am. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna try and do this in a minute. So nice. long right, story. I'm counting. Very, very very long story short uh you kind of the movie starts and there's something wrong between the two of uh the two characters mirai and akihito in which basically mirai comes back she doesn't remember a lick of her past at all so she doesn't remember any anything uh, that happened with beyond the boundary she doesn't know her family she basically she doesn't know anything and uh akihito keeps everything from her because he wants her to be happy and live a normal life. Little by little, she finds out her blood like is magical and turns into a sword, and then she learns a new trick in which when she puts her sword in the ground, spikes come out of like the ground as well to like stab her opponents. And basically, um, she learns this over the course of the movie, and before she kind of learns that and reveals that to Akihito, that she's like, hey, I'm remembering, please tell me who the fuck I am. Uh, there's another plot in which the uh, oh shoot the Nas the Nase family is uh, basically what's his face I cannot remember names off the top of my Hiromi head anymore. Takes yeah, Hiromi is, is taking over the family because his older sister has gone disappeared since uh, the explosion and also the fact that it was revealed she has a demon inside of her. So um, he's basically fr- uh, busy frantically trying to defeat this new new Yomu who keeps appearing and summoning essentially what I will just call goo people. And these goo people have taken down like several like triple A or quadruple A ranked or whatever S ranked heroes or uh, uh, fighters. Yeah, I know this is going to be over a minute, whatever. But um, basically he's busy trying to figure this out. And then it's like, you know, maybe 20 minutes into the movie, you find like, this figure uh, approaches Mirai and is like, hey, do you want to know about your past? And she's like, yes, but not by you. And so she, uh, she, uh, this mysterious hood figure, it turns out to be the older sister of the Nase family. Um, and so it just kind of becomes a manhunt and you don't know why she's kind of acting weird and attacking people. Um, once you kind of go through a little bit more of just like little tids and putting the pieces together, uh, Mirai finally approaches 
uh akihito is like okay tell me who the fuck am i really like in a really sad crying scene where they're both crying and he doesn't want to and it's it's a good scene but um he's eventually going to start talking and that's when they are interrupted i believe in the park yes uh, by who the, are they uh, interrupted by again they're interrupted by um another hooded figure but it's not izumi i don't think right i think it it ended no it was her because she was the main she was the main antagonist in the whole movie until the very end where you kind of um basically akihito was going to go to mirai's house oh, and just no you're right it is her because yeah, then they run away and she cuts off his foot that's that's when you kind of find out yeah like that's when you find out that he's still invincible she learns that he's invincible and they kind of do the reveal that it's the older sister of the Nase family. Um, and then with that scene having ended, uh, Akihito recovers and then calls, uh, is going to go visit Mirai and tell her pretty much everything. Um, and it cuts to Mirai and, you know, she opens the front door. It's him like, hey, can I come in and talk to you? She's like, sure, let me like, you know, give me a moment. She's going to go upstairs and tidy up. And as she goes to tidy up, she gets a call from akihito saying hey i need to talk to you when can we meet and that's when she has the realization who the fuck is at my front door and so there's uh there's a giant explosion she goes unconscious and she's kidnapped uh from there she uh akihito arrives sees that something's gone wrong and from here i can't remember what or how he finds where they're going or what the plot was there, but... I think after this, like when he gets to the apartment, he gets thrown out the window or something and ends up in the park because he sees her on the floor and he's like going to run to her and then he gets thrown out the window into the park and then she comes out, but she's like possessed at that point. Yeah, and I thought she, I thought he, she was kidnapped. Sorry, I thought Mirai was kidnapped, but yeah, you're right. She was on the ground and he's like, what the hell's going on? And they get blasted. Um... But yeah, so you find out that Nase is actually being possessed, but you don't know by what quite yet. And the Nase family is actually, like, they put a, uh, in the fight where they actually revealed that it was the older sister, uh, a tracker was put on her. So they kind of go back and forth with the tracker and figure out where she's been. And they find out that the evil evil guy from the main storyline didn't actually blow up he because the uh the older sister and him had demons inside of each other he was able to possess her body so now it's like both of them trying to vie for ownership of the body um and when they find that out they find that out in like this abandoned mall and from there they there's like just a giant fight scene essentially and uh in which the older sister loses and beyond the boundaries released again i believe uh, i the, i don't know the last scene was kind of confusing to me element if you want to explain it mm, i think you're right so the the parasite thing brings out the darkness in people which also empowers beyond the boundary because it's sort of feeding off of human hate that's what it was and so... mirai and you find out that mirai the uh also is possessed by a demon um uh, yeah, they back, say like... anyone who looks at the the demon can be possessed through the eye, which is everyone has looked at it now because they've all seen Mirai being possessed. So they're all like fighting off the possession. 
and now that she's possession, she has the cursed blood and, you know, is like a killing machine. Uh, Akihito goes to confront her and just kind of like basically sacrifice himself to just, uh, or not confront her, but like fight her and just like win her back. Yeah, he um, has her ring and I think, I feel like his plan is like to give her the ring to like wake her up or something, but he gets fucking murked. And that's what uh, releases then, beyond the boundary. Yeah, and then they go into like some sort of like separate dream dimension. State. Yeah, dream yeah. state. And he like In goes which, through her memories. Yeah, they go through her memories. You see her mom, and you see that her mom was uh, actually talked to Akihito's mom in the past and said, "Hey, if I ever die, make me into a ring so I can protect my child." And you find out that that ring is actually Mirai's mom, uh, which was really weird. And I don't know how that necessarily protects her, but I mean, hey, yeah, power of friendship. But they really didn't explain any of that stuff. No, they really didn't, which is why I'm kind of like confused and trying to remember everything that really happened. Um, but basically, you find out that her mom sacrificed herself for her child, or not for her child, but like in the afterlife, instead of getting buried, he, she got transformed into a ring. Uh, and from that, like uh, Akihito appears in the dream, kind of convinces Mirai, like, "Hey, snap out of it! You're like, I'm fine. You're fine. Like, let's just just wake up and." Sure enough, she wakes up and uh, the mad scientist guy or the mad, like, evil villain from the show, he's just dead. Like, because he possessed her body, like, his body is now dead. I, It was kind of really yeah, he, not explained very well. He unveils his master plan on a projector when they walk into the building. And, like, you sort of get flashbacks of, like, how he, uh, like put the Yomo into Izumi's body and stuff. I don't know, his whole plan was, like, not explained at all. It was... The whole the whole plot of the movie, like, really was not there, you know? It wasn't really coherent. It was there, but it wasn't. It was just like, hey, yeah. let's, let's make an excuse to, like, actually tie up a few loose ends. Like, okay, he's yeah. dead. How? Eh, who cares? He's dead. It's, um, it's all a vehicle they... to have these, like, character moments, which are very good. They're very well written. Yeah. But the, the sort of core plot, the action plot, I guess, is not really... Well... You guys said that he went over and and he possessed uh, the older sister, right? So wouldn't it be that he left his body to do that? Isn't that what happened? Or is that something, something like that? Yeah. Yeah. So I would assume his body would die. He's just trying to take over her body. Yeah, but you also see that they like the Nase family chased somebody into that building, and it wasn't the older sister. Like, it was somebody else, and then all of a sudden, like, when they enter, like, the master plan is unveiled, and then all of a sudden, like, his dead body is just flung from the third floor of this mall. Yeah. It's it was, it, like, recently dead, or was it, or was it a it looked like It looked like, he, like, you know, in, like, the just any show where it's, like, somebody's an immortal character, and then, like, all of a sudden their immortality is stripped from them, and they turn into a thousand-year-old corpse okay. yep. it was like that his body looked like it was like 300 years old like at that point i wouldn't assume that he was ever human that he was possessed body by you and he's been a, he's been like that for a while again you, you guys are saying it is not explained well and it i i assume this was a light novel or something like that right i would assume maybe they went into this yeah i have no idea depth, how the light novel but, was compared to the yeah. animated stuff but it we're going Where off the this, animated the, movie the action itself was it was good and it was nice to see that everything was tied up and um kind of like 
it was just nice to see that everything was tied up because you're like okay did he actually die from the explosion or did he disappear because it like they never found a body in the tv show and they say that so it was one of those things like okay we do have an ending to that and everything else but it just uh, i don't know it it wasn't great it tied up the it tied up the series but it didn't tie it up in a great story it just kind of was a mess story and just felt really rushed at the end yeah i think because like i i had 18 minutes left i was like i have 18 minutes left what the fuck are they doing like they still have so much to uh, like wrap up and explain and they just are like here it is here's like five plot points in like one sentence and you're like no 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 what no no. Yeah, I think so. that's the same thing for the series, but I think the the sort of plot, like the fantasy plot, uh, doesn't really come together at all in a satisfying way, even with the movie. But the character interactions and the writing between them and the relationships all make it yeah. worth watching. Yeah, and you, you see more so that... Um... Again, I think it's Harumi when he takes over the family name. Like he, ta- he like you see that serious side about him. So you see him frantically running around the mansion, just like yelling commands at people, answering phones, and like his sister. Like when they first interact in the movie, he's like, "Hey, I haven't seen you in two months or two weeks or two months or something like that." And she was like, "Yeah, we live in a mansion, and you're always busy, so I don't see you." But yeah, it, it's it does build a little bit of like side character things, but it's just it, it overall wasn't great, wasn't bad. It does tie the story together, but that's why I feel like that it's okay to explain in this episode rather than watching the movie and making a whole episode about it because it just wasn't that great. But we got the happy ending, which is always we did. Nice. We got a, we everybody lives happily ever after for the most part. Like basically, the sister was like the reason why she was turning to like she was being possessed and had hatred in her heart was because everybody is seemingly upped and ditched her whenever they found out that she had a yomu or demon inside of her body so she was like feeding on that hatred of just like nobody loves me etc and then it's just like her brother at the very end's like i love you you're my sister and it's just like it's a it's a kind of a typical power of friendship ending um but it it ties the story up. It ties any loose ends that you may have, like, or any questions that you may have at the end of the actual TV show. So, for that, thank you. But it could have been a lot better. All right. So, this concludes our kind of review recap of Beyond the Boundary. Again, uh, we are Baka and Co. If you have any further questions, comments, concerns, please send them our way at Baka Co. Podcast on Twitter, as well as podcast at gmail.com. We are now available on Spotify, as well as SoundCloud. Please give us a listen and refer us to your friends. Uh, get those uh, likes up. Anything you can do to share it and spread it around uh, as we try and uh, reach more uh, listeners out there as well. Uh, I want to thank everyone who helped out today. So, Frank Frater, thanks uh, so much uh, for getting those movie ideas. Element, uh, thank you so much for your input. And um, no thanks to Silver Lobo Sensei. He can just uh, rot in hell. But just, uh, everyone he just kind of yeah. shows Excuse up. He doesn't really me? put in any work. He just shows up. He's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah man, I watched he's... it. Here's some of my opinions. It's all right. Yeah, he definitely has the Wikipedia okay. open with, along with six Frank other tabs. Frank over here does the same thing. Come on now. Hey, <laughs> no, but honestly, thank you, everyone. Uh, again, this will be our second episode, uh, planning episode three. 
uh, and uh, we'll go from there. So thanks everyone Wait, so much. Do we know what we're watching for episode three? Yeah. Oh no, we, we haven't talked about that. Well, I'm nope. that no, we haven't talked about that. So let's let's do that real quick. Okay. Well, like, it's either Element or Silver's turn, so they can they can rock paper scissors between each other. I say we have a discussion about what what our reasons for whatever show we're gonna pick. Okay. Then yeah. Go first. What do you what do you got What do you got to bring to the table here? Uh, um. I mean, I've obviously got planets on my or planets. I always call it planets because it's spelled that way. Um, I've got planets on my um, list as like my older show. Um, I do really like that show. Um, I think it's more. Uh, it's if you like the character aspect of Beyond the Boundary, I think Planets is similar. And not having watched Cowboy Bebop, but knowing like very little about it, I feel like it's sort of got that same vibe of a crew of a spaceship and their like interrelationships and how they like grow to become a family sort of thing. Um, you know, getting to know their past and their backstories, how they ended up where they are, and then um, how they move forward from there, like what their futures look like. Um, I think it's a more adult show because they're adults. They're not like high school students, which I really appreciated at the time because there's so many shows about high school students. This was like adults in their careers and there's sort of a little bit of like workplace politics and things like that, which was, you know, interesting because it's not something you see in anime that often. Also, I'm a big fan of, uh, not sci-fi, not necessarily, I mean, I love sci-fi, but this was like, um, realistic like non-fiction space stuff almost even though it's set in the future it was like there's no outrageous really progression it's near in it's near future what it's near yeah, future like, yeah yeah okay. looking at the screenshots and everything it does look like this could have this could happen now type of thing like the spacesuits the, the ship uh the technology behind it is somewhat believable yeah this could be More like so the than next... anything else Within the next like thirty years, maybe you know, when space space commuting is uh more common. When SpaceX figures the shit out, yeah, sure. Yeah, um, this is the sort of thing you know you could totally see happening. Um, yeah, I don't know if you if you, it's not. Uh, I think towards the end of the show, it's a twenty six episode run, so it's sort of long. Um, but the show gets kind of crazy in the last couple of episodes. Um, I don't know why it turned like that because the rest of the episodes are pretty like normal. But um, I really enjoyed watching that show. That's a very cool show. Okay. I think for mine, I'm going to also go with my... Just because it's... I chose U- Usagi Drop, which is Ugh. a very quaint... <laughs> uh, uh, it's it's really just about a growing... Like a guy growing up and just taking on responsibility where he didn't have any. And it's just the the innocence of of uh a child and everything like it a brief thing a, a brief synopsis is basically this guy takes in a child who is apparently the illimit- illegitimate daughter of his grandfather so he takes her in when no one else wanted to and they all like his family is very much against him doing that he's like i don't care like she needs someone to take care of her she needs someone to love her and i'll do that and then he just realizes he's in over his head, but it he figures it out along the way. He he does get he he learns what it is to be a father, and just learning who she is, and her learning who he is, and strengthening that bond between them. I I've think the show, 
Yeah, the show is like really wholesome and touching, you know, and I think people that watched it, you know, generally really enjoyed it, but don't ever look up the ending because uh, literally that show is infamous because of its ending. Well, not the show, the manga, I guess. But anytime you bring up that show, people talk about the ending of the manga and then no one wants to talk about it anymore. I don't know anything about that, so I'm good. I'll I'll keep watching it. I don't even know the ending about the, the, the manga at all. They get married, dude. Okay, cool. I didn't want to know about the ending of the manga. Thank <laughs> well, you for ruining a very to, quaint, wholesome show. That. So I guess we're watching Planets again. Fuck, man. Have I'm you got gone. another one I that doesn't end in shows? shows? I mean, Excuse we should me? pick one of my shows. No, you got... We already, you, you got you Metropolis, already, You chose bro. your Metropolis. Get out of <laughs> here. Also, I've never watched Cowboy Bebop, so I do want to save that for watching at some point. Uh, we don't. If if you feel like planets is too long, we can do something shorter. What would your second um, pick then be, Element? Um, do you want old or new? Just off the top of your head, if you had to watch something next week, what would you watch? Um, I really. F- I don't. Know, I don't know why this came to my head, but Princess Principal. Okay. Is twelve episodes. It aired, I think, two years ago, maybe. No, twenty seventeen. It's literally like um, it's set in like sort of a steampunky Victorian sort of times. Not even Victorian. Neat. Steampunky is more, more accurate. But it's like this this school of girls and they're spies and they have like cool gadgets and stuff. And it's like got an amazing banger soundtrack and like really good animation and action. I just thought so it was a really like, cool show. So like, sp- Spy Girls or wait. What was the yeah, what was yeah. the show? Was that the show on Cartoon Network? Spy oh, no, Girls? totally, totally spies. Totally, totally spies. spies. <laughs> so totally not quite. Spies, I think it's yeah. it's it's definitely darker. It's not um like <laughs> it's not uh, that fun. like yeah. It's not like, like happy go lucky. I mean, the characters are they're obviously you know designed to appeal to otaku. So there's like very cute characters and there's like funny scenes and that sort of thing. But I think the core the 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 espionage part of the plot is actually pretty dark. Like people die and they're doing stuff that's generally like pretty um. I don't know. It's nasty stuff. Okay. And there's so, like some pretty dark storylines. Okay, so then Lobo, what is your emergency backup? What would you watch next next week? Uh I'm just gonna keep going with my with I'm gonna go with my new show. Uh I'm gonna go Blend S. Mm. It's it's uh I only watched two episodes. Basically this 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 girl who has a hard time uh talking to people and it's because of a certain features of her face okay and she meets uh a guy who really likes the way she looks and the way she looks at people and invites her to his uh maid cafe and it's just about hmm. maid cafe and it's very funny and it's very good okay yeah it's, that's that's a perfect like slice of life lighthearted comedy show yeah it's it's just a good ru- it's not like depth story like uh beyond the boundary but it's just like a nice yeah, relax, want... have a good laugh. Yeah, uh, watch. If you want a, a, a palate cleanser, this is a good one. Also, when you see the opening, you'll you'll probably recognize it immediately. Okay, so the opening is great. <laughs> so, Frank, uh, which one do you prefer out of the two? Spies or Maid Cafe? Oh man. Uh. Are you going to be that's, unpleasant, that's or are you going to be a man of culture? I mean, 
I, I don't know. You're you're twisting my arm here because neither seem up my alley. That's that's. <laughs> a, I'm a, I'm gonna be completely honest. Neither like I like a good slice of life, but that does not seem like my slice of life. So I'm just like. Either way, there's gonna be cute anime girls in it. So me and Elvis yes, win. Both both have cute anime girls. That's How a common thing. Doesn't did we, have cute did we do it last girls. time where we flipped a coin? Or are we gonna flip a coin? We might have to flip a coin. Okay, I'll go. I'll, well, I'll... well, what is what are your what's your take on it, Drew? Well, as soon as he said steampunk. I, I was it and then <laughs> and then i was like okay like that sounds interesting but also like a slice of life where someone kind of changes almost immediately where someone has a disfigurement or social anxiety or is just the main character and something mm-hmm. changes really quick um i also really enjoy but uh, i prefer steampunk but i'm just gonna go uh i'm gonna flip a coin I was going to say, Drew, just pick a number one or two. No, too late. I'm flipping a coin. Flip it. So we're going to do heads for Lobo, uh, tails for Element. It is flipping. It is heads. So we will watch Blend S. Blend S. Uh, Let me just mark that down here on our sheets. Uh, And then hopefully we'll get the planet, planet S or planet tests. Planets. Planets. I, I want to watch that one. We'll I really do. Well, if you guys want to watch that next, we'll watch that next. Uh, due to some personal scheduling concerns, we might have to do this every other weekend because of my new job. I'm working ten-hour uh, shifts, and that I, might and be other uh, every other weekend off. So if we want to switch to doing two weeks, yeah, I think, I think that I might be better that. for us. Okay, yeah, that that yeah. seems fair. Because especially if them. like we get like Planets, which is twenty-six episodes, like I'll need that. I'll need that two weeks to do this. (laughs) Cool. Yeah. All right. So if that's all in agreement, that's what we'll do next. Uh, Thanks to everyone who's listened along this far. Uh, Once again, we are Baca and Company. Uh, Please follow us on uh, Twitter. Again, Baca Co Podcast. Uh, Questions, comments, concerns at BacaCoPodcast at gmail.com. And like, comment, and subscribe. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.